So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. And it is 11.06-ish here on the East Coast. Welcome in to Smack Talk on the Sports Keter Wrestling Facebook page and the Wrestle Binge brought to you by Sports Keter YouTube channel. Thank you guys so much. Uh, everybody who is joining us here in the chat, do, do us a very, very quick favor. Go ahead and hit the thumbs up button. Uh, on uh, this video here really helps drive up our audience, especially if you like the show. Uh, and if you're new to the show, welcome. We appreciate you. And if uh, you like where we are, Hit subscribe while you're at it. Let's help get those numbers up. Uh, I am Rick Uchino, your your host extraordinaire for the evening. Joining me, my main two panelists and analysts from across the globe, SP3, the wrestling legend himself, Dutch Mantel. Dutch, how we doing, sir? Oh, I'm doing fine. And uh, watched three hours of wrestling tonight, and it surprised me. I did go to sleep, which is an improvement. But, and we'll see how... How Sid liked it. Sid, how'd you like it? I, I told you guys before we went live, I'll say it again. That was the best three hours of wrestling I've seen on a Friday night in nearly a year. It was so no. much fun. Really? We got the, we got the theatrics with, uh, with WWE, with the Bloodline story, starting to cook it up. I said it was going up this way last week, and now it's 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 nearly it's like it's at the precipice of where we were before WrestleMania. It's really it's really cooking there. And then this Rampage episode was probably the best episode of Rampage in nearly a year. I was just so in love with the wrestling that we got on both shows. It was just a great night of wrestling. It, it was it was almost like Tony Khan tonight just decided what he was going to do with Rampage is like. This was like his his farewell swan song to to rampage as the B show, right? Yeah. Because AEW Collision is coming up on the seventeenth. The return of CM Punk that was confirmed this week. Huge news. How it's going to work with the the brand split and everything is still yet to be decided. Um, if there even is going to be a set brand split, but basically from what we've understood is that rampage is basically going to turn into what Sunday Night Heat used to be for for wwe back in the day so it's not going to be you know the big marquee show that they attempted to make it you know when cm punk made his his debut on on rampage so uh it, it has fallen deeply here it's still going to be a, a bit of a fun show and i do believe uh our coverage of rampage itself may be changing here we'll we'll let you we'll keep you up to date sorry i'm adjusting my microphone here we'll keep you up to date as uh we figure out exactly what it is uh we're going to do once the 17th rolls around but uh regardless we got a lot to get into here tonight if you guys want to make sure a guarantee to get your your comment or your question in uh lisa saying hi dutch and sid 
Hi, Lisa. I'm here, too. Uh, anyway, so uh, if you want to guarantee to get that in, you can send in a super chat like Ozzy did uh, multiple times uh, saying, uh, Rich, my name is Rick. Boy, we're, we're off to a great start tonight. Hit the switch. Show is over. Ozzy, uh, that was Ozzy. That smart-ass comment is going to cost you another $15. Well, this time he got my name right. He said, Rick, hit the switch again. Ozzy, Ozzy, you are one of our <laughs> loyal viewers, loyal watchers. You are here every week, and we appreciate that about you. The show starts at 11.05 or a little bit after, Ozzy. Okay? It has for the longest time. It's always five minutes after or as close as we can get it. You don't need to say hit the switch at 10.58 or 11.02. All right, we'll be on at 11.05 or a little bit. But we do appreciate the Super Chats, and he sends another one. This one for two bucks saying, so Roman is carrying three belts. I don't think so. We did get introduced to a new championship title tonight. I believe this is a consolidation, uh, a finally a consolidation of the two championships. Now, what's the, what's the name of that title? Uh, well, here's the thing. What it says on the championship belt <laughs> Is uh, undisputed champion. Say, now, when you say, now, here's the thing. That's the damn big holdup. Now, what are they calling it? I believe the official name is undisputed WWE Universal Championship, which is what they have called Roman Reigns since he beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 38. The interesting thing here that I think they made a mistake on is plastered on that belt is the word undisputed. When, in fact, you have now a second world champion on Monday Night Raw, thus making Roman Reigns' titles, by the very definition, disputed. So, I don't know. I don't understand the reasoning uh, behind that one, to be completely honest with you. That said, I, I, I like the look. I do. I like the look of the new championship that was unveiled tonight. We'll go ahead and dive into it. Our, let's fast forward to the main event segment tonight because that was uh, that was the big money segment tonight. We get Triple H opening up the uh, SP3 already with the bug eyes, throwing me off. But we get Triple H opening up the segment here uh, to celebrate Roman Reigns, celebrate 1,000 days as the WWE Universal Champion. They've been showing these great uh, video packages and highlights. They built this entire show around Roman Reigns and the next set of, uh, you know, the next chapter of the bloodline story. Triple H comes out, puts Roman Reigns on the same pedestal as Muhammad Ali and Michael Jordan. Just really trying to drive that home there. I, I, I can make the argument he's more like LeBron than Jordan, but. I, they miss Babe Ruth. <laughs> right? Missed him. But new belt alert, big bold. You saw it sitting right there. Triple H unveils it. It is exactly the same design as the WWE and the Universal Championship belts were. It is just bright gold. I think it's it's a simple change, SP3. You look like you got something, something on your mind about that. I think it's a simple change. I think it looks better than the black. I think it looks a hell of a lot better than the blue. Anybody who is expecting some major changes here, should not have been because that is this is WWE's biggest marketing tool. Every NFL team, every NBA team, every Major League Baseball team, when they win a World Series, they're parading through their city. Guess what they're holding up? A big-ass WWE championship belt. They were not going to make any major changes to this. They love that big WWE logo in the middle. They just made it gold. I kind of like the pop of the color a little bit. I don't mind the subtle changes. And instead now, Ozzy. 
not three belts. I believe it's going to be one moving forward. Your guys' thoughts. Go ahead, Dutch. What are we talking about? The belts? The belts. Okay, let me ask you, what are they going to do with the other two? Like I said, they're going away. I'm, I I feel like they're going away. This was him getting a new championship belt to commemorate the 1,000 days, and I think he'll be carrying one moving forward. Okay. Well, they they can they they had the big ceremony. Of course, that's not the the whole intent of this whole segment. But Triple H being there, it gave some prestige to it, and he he marked him down with. Hank Aaron and all, not Hank Aaron. Who who's the other baseball player? He said, "No, I don't anyway. think he's a baseball player. I think he just said Muhammad Ali and Michael Jordan. Muhammad that's what Ali I, and Michael Jordan. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was going to say. Hey, Michael Jordan. Is so a he put player. him in some rarefied air. Yeah, and then he gave it to him, and that was that was accomplished. But the show was. If you could watch this whole show, you can actually boil it down to that last segment." Because that's what everybody watched it for. That's what I watched it for. And uh, they did a great, great job with that last segment. And they advanced the story without hurting anyone. So that tension is still there. Solo picked a side. And they give you that, well, he may not go with Roman because when he but to the side with his brothers. And that's believable. So you said, well, he may stay over there. Now what are they going to do? And then we saw how it ended up. Yeah. So Roman leaves with heat. Solo leaves with more heat. And the Usos, now the, they're the favorite sons now. Very, very, very good segment. Paul Heyman had very little to say because there was nothing for him to say anyway. I mean, if, if he said anything, I, it, it wouldn't have helped it. But I, I applaud WWE on taking it slow, by the numbers, adding just a little bit of the story, and good job. Great job. Yeah, Paul Heyman, Paul Heyman sold everything tonight with his facial expressions. When Triple H unveiled that new championship belt and handed it to, to Roman Reigns, he had the look of a father who just watched his son get his high school diploma. That's that's the look that Paul Heyman had on his face tonight. But Sid, before we dive into the story, your thoughts on the new championship title belt? It looked like they deep fried the WWE championship. <laughs> so yeah, don't have anything really good to say about the title. Uh, it's going to take me some time to get used to. I, I used to the World Heavyweight Championship, and now I like that design a lot more than I like the big logo on the WWE title and Universal Championship. And I did find it weird that they didn't like give those belts to Triple H, so it's like a swap. Like you're 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 taking the one to consolidate the two. So I wouldn't be surprised if Roman is is standing up here with three titles. I really wouldn't. I really wouldn't. I really asked the same question. Now let's not forget though. Let us not forget. Triple H hauled ass out of the ring the second the Usos 
music hit. But so, usually how it's always worked is the, you, you do like this. They get, you take the one title and you give him the other two titles. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if Paul Heyman is still walking around with those two titles while Roman now has his one title to carry around. I would not be surprised at all. And it makes Roman feel like he has a third championship so he doesn't have to care about Seth Rollins' consolation prize. So I'm totally I mean, fine is- with either way. Yeah, I mean, he is Thanos, right? He's basically collecting, you know, Infinity Stones at this point and just, you know, putting them on his giant gauntlet. So it, it, it would be true to his character to hold all of his all of his prizes, like 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 the Pharaoh Kings of old, like they got to travel with their luggage, right? Like that, that's kind he, of he's, right he's like Michael Jordan walking around with rings with his rings. He's got he's got a couple of rings. He's he's got his six rings. He's walking around with all of them on all his fingers and stuff like that, because it would be very weird to me if they are like getting rid of the WWE championship because that is the most prestigious title in this company's history. I thought the whole reason why Roman has walked around with both titles for 425 days now is the fact that they don't want to get rid of the WWE championship. That is their most prestigious title. And they don't want to get rid of the universal championship because that is the title that Roman has held for a thousand days. This title being, you know, brought in is to solidify. He's now, the 1,000-day champion, but I wouldn't be surprised if we're still walking around with the other two titles, is that Paul Heyman is now, that's his job, to hold two of the three belts that Roman now owns. But talking about the angle, I thought it was perfectly done. It was built up very well, especially the beginning of the night. I talked, I tweeted about it on, on Twitter about Paul Heyman's narrated video talking about all the days as you see the days add up and you see him passing each and every one of these legends and former champions and Hall of Famers and all the big title defenses, whether it be at WrestleMania 37 against Brian and Edge or WrestleMania 38 against Brock Lesnar, the defense against Edge at Money in the Bank, the defense against Cena at SummerSlam, the big matchup with Cody Rhodes at this year's WrestleMania. I thought that was so well done because it felt epic and it builds you up for the night from the very start of the show. And then Heyman backstage with Solo Sokoa talking about, oh, we got to make sure the Usos are not going to be here. The little segment with Pierce where Pierce is like, okay, all of the Usos uh, travel has been canceled. They were all trying to like build it up, build that the anticipation for the show and that's why they saved like the final 30 minutes for this segment and I thought everyone played their roles perfectly you had Roman kind of annoyed that the Usos came out you had you had Jimmy Uso with his chest pumping up like yeah I did it yeah I super kicked you because I did it because I'm a good brother I did it because that's what a brother do he stands up for his other brothers that's my brother I did it for him he's my brother he's like he may be your voice but he's my brother and I love Solo saying you know I acknowledge you tribal chief but those are my brothers and standing by them even though that initially told me I was like oh Solo's about to turn um oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I love, but I love Roman. Roman being so confident, trying to give the mic to Solo, and then Solo having that little moment that got the fans behind him, which made the moment later with him delivering the spike that more impactful. And then Jay Uso, who is the the loyal soldier, but he's also the abused family member. He has, he has, uh, he he's been so abused that he's trying to protect his abuser in Roman Reigns, not wanting him and Jimmy to split apart, trying to keep the. Fam- 
family together, convincing Jimmy to kind of talk to talk to Roman and say, yeah, we're the ones. We're brothers. You're my brother, too. Let's be brothers. Let's do this. Let's run this place like we always have. And then Roman being the, the manipulator and hugging him and then saying, no. No. <laughs> that was the Godfather moment. Like, I it knew was, it was you, and you broke my heart, right? That's the it Godfather was, it was, moment. It was a callback to Hell in a Cell 2020, where he where he did the, the cold crying in the middle of the ring. Like, I don't know what I've become. I don't know what I've become, which he, he fooled Jimmy then. He fooled him again here, where he said no. And then that led to Solo delivering the spike. And Roman has still has not touched really jimmy's not gone physical on jimmy after jimmy delivered those super kicks so you save that you save jimmy battling with roman and we still don't know where jay uso lies and i thought the cherry on top of this whole segment was paul Heyman when they get to the top of the edges way axing roman uh he was like what 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 about jimmy and I mean, what about Jay? And 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 Roman replying, Jay's gonna do what he always does, fall in line. And that's how you end the night. I was like, that was perfect. That was a perfect cliffhanger to end one of the more captivating segments that SmackDown has delivered with the bloodline in a very long time since before WrestleMania, probably even before Elimination Chamber. I think that was the last time that we got this much of a compelling segment from the bloodline. See, when you do segments like this, your brain is running. And you say, oh, now what's coming? What's this? What's that? That's a great angle. When you have the fans doing the thinking for the bookers, for the writers. And at that point, and if the writers, I'm sure they're smart, but they're watching everything they say, every reaction from the crowd. If they get them up, set them down. They take all that in because that's for their future. But this segment here was very, very well done, uh, well produced, uh, effective, and they're still on their path. Yeah. They didn't the lose a step. The thing I love the most is like Roman didn't even give Jay a chance. He, he, or didn't even give Jimmy a chance to talk when he gets into the ring. Like he literally just immediately he wanted Jay to fall in line. He said, kick your brother in the face. Right now, kick your brother in the face. Don't make me ask you it. Demanding Jay right off the bat to just take out Jimmy right then and there. That was a test. Jay failed. But Roman has the confidence that Jay, like you said, SP3, like we heard him all say, will fall in line because he always has done it eventually. The other thing that I absolutely loved about this from a comedic standpoint is the fact that earlier in the night, Paul Heyman goes to Adam Pierce uh, to make sure that the Usos were not going to be making their way into the building tonight. And before Paul Heyman can even speak, Adam Pierce cuts him off, says, I already know what you're going to ask me. We canceled the Usos travel. We have doubled our security. Um, can somebody tell me what zero times two is? Because if y'all doubled your security, they ain't worth shit because not only did the Usos get into the building with no problem whatsoever, they made their way to Gorilla, had the person at the control board play their music. They walked down to the ring in an arena they were not supposed to be in. And for 
15 plus minutes, not a security guard could be sniffed. <laughs> they just said, screw it. We're done. Not even going to try. I found that absolutely hilarious. That there's, there's just this lore. Okay. There's two things. One, if you doubled your security, they're getting in the building anyway and never go to the NXT parking lot. Those are the two things in WWE that if they bring it up, you know, shit's going to go down. I thought that was absolutely hilarious. Uh, that's <laughs> oh, anyways, uh, let's you're, get not, you're not supposed to go back and go over those little details like that. <laughs> they just run past them. They've always done that. Uh, people okay yeah. because the segment made up for it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah I know. I'm oh, just yeah. saying. I just thought it was absolutely hilarious. Um, a lot of people in the chat are confused. I think we're all still a little confused over what exactly uh, the new championship is 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 going to mean. Uh, Jonathan Golden says, "Get rid of the universal title." I think ultimately that's that's the plan, right? But SP3 brought it up earlier. Roman's one thousand now six day reign only exists because of the universal championship and that title's lineage. So you can't phase out the universal title until Roman eventually drops it. Then you could call the title, whatever you want. You could call it the undisputed WWE championship. If you wanted to, you could drop universal title. That's what I ultimately thought they would do is they'd consolidate the belts down after Roman lost them. But now they've given him the big shiny new gold one. He probably ain't going to be dropping that for, uh, for a long time. Uh, Lisa had a question. Oh, where did it go? Lisa, I'm sorry. Well, uh, darn it. I should have tagged this. Anyway, interesting question here. Lisa says, does this mean Seth Rollins' belt is beneath Roman Reigns? <laughs> I think that is... <laughs> I think, personally, it all comes down to perception. Obviously, we know where SP3 stands on this. We know where a lot of people stand on this. We know the fact of the matter is. What I'm looking at it is, what I'm looking at it is, you have a world champion on SmackDown. You have a world champion on Raw. That's that's the facts, right? Now, how they're presented, how they're booked, how they're billed, completely different. And Seth Rollins is going to do his best to make that world heavyweight championship mean something and change the perception of folks like SP3 over here and Big Dog Inc. in the chat and everybody else. Going to do their damn best to do it, but the way Triple H introduced that title, which we talked about ad nauseum on this program already, has put Seth behind the eight ball. He is going to be defending his title for the first time on Monday, though, against Damian Priest, so that should be pretty good. Damian Priest, who he just beat on this past week's Monday Night Raw. In a tag match, yes. Yeah. He pinned him. He pinned him. It wasn't just a tag match. He pinned yeah. him. He pinned him with yeah. two stumps. Um, yeah, I, I'm not laughing at um, the, your question exactly, Lisa. I'm laughing at the idea that that was a serious question. That's what I was laughing at. Not to no offense to you, but I don't think that's even a question. It's definitely beneath Roman Reigns' title. Roman has the Raw title. Roman has the SmackDown title. It's now he has a third title. And Seth Rollins has a consolation prize for everyone on Raw who can't get he a has shot that crappy Roman. Raw title. Yes. He has that, that thing. That thing. Yeah. 
that that other belt thing. But they did they did make it look success title look less. By probably not meaning to, but that's the way it came off to me. And they're not even keeping the lineage from the old World Heavyweight Championship. They started a whole which new which doesn't make any sense. Which doesn't yes. make any sense. It and and now and Frantic Worlds asking, are they keeping the WWE title history? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Hey, they because make, if they you go on this stuff up, if you go on WWE's website, right? Because I think about three weeks ago, they finally changed the the layout on the the superstars page where they had the champions out. Three weeks ago, they they until three weeks ago, they had two pictures of Roman and two pictures of Sammy and KO as double tag team champions and double world champion. Then they consolidated them down to one. And it just says Roman Reigns is the WWE Universal Champion. But if you click on it, it has two belts with two separate lineages. So who knows? Everything's a mess right now. Is this a new title? Is it just going to be the WWE title? I don't think the actual answer to any of these questions that, are, that we're going to know definitively until Roman Reigns drops the belt. I think once Roman Reigns drops the belt and all of a sudden that universal title lineage doesn't mean as much, we'll figure some stuff out. Uh, I there worry, was, guys. You just have to watch until WrestleMania 40 for that. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. maybe. Oh, 100% maybe on that uh somebody also asked in the chat and i i'm sorry i do apologize i lost it um somebody asked any update on them swapping the women's belts now that bianca dropped it no no they don't put me don't give them any ideas they'll be doing that so there the second that bianca belair dropped the title at night of champions over the weekend um they should have just had Oscar go backstage, not say anything to Rhea Ripley, hand her one title, take the other, and be done with it. They should have just swapped it, not made it a big deal, and 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 called it a day. Because Bianca dropping the title eliminates the the biggest hurdle that they had with that. Bianca was your longest reigning. So Andy Wilson, thank you, thank you. That was Andy who asked that question. Bianca Belair had the longest reigning modern women's title run in WWE history, right? Like behind only a very few women, the longest reign in, in two decades. You couldn't end that on a title swap. So they did the next, they, they did something that wasn't expected. They had her lose the belt to Asuka. Cool, problem solved. She ain't going to drop her belt and her reign in a stupid manner now. She lost it. It's over. It's done. You could have swapped it with Rhea right then. And we heard nothing. Nothing as far as Rhea's concerned, and it's not like she's got a new challenger set up. Asuka, as we saw tonight, doesn't it looks like she's going to be defending the title against Bianca again at some point, but there's no reason, Dutch, left over why they can't swap these belts now. You have the SmackDown Women's Champion on Raw, the Raw Women's Champion on SmackDown, and it makes no sense, unless we will be getting our third and fourth new championship world title belts sometime here in the next month or so. Unless they are waiting to rebrand the titles. What? Uh, I think it's too much. Totally too much. One thing with wrestling fans, and I think Sid and Rick, you'll agree, don't make them think too much. 
they kind of just lay it out for them and say, this is going to happen or this is going to happen. And let's go from there. To me, I think they've confused the issue and added to more confusion with all these belts changing and this, that, and the other. And I bet you half the audience tonight that watched this, they were more than that. They were like me. I said, wait a minute. I'm confused about all these belts being around. Now, they had like five out there at one time. How many belts can you have? That means anything. The more belt you have, the less the present belt gets. The only belt that means anything is the one Romans got. And it means something. And that's just because of the story they've been going through for the last 10 months or a year. So you know, I they think could have they could just had outthink themselves. Say what? They could they could have just waited till Roman hit a thousand days. Roman gets this new belt, and then they say the WWE title is vacant and it's back on Raw. They could have just done that. Like, like <laughs> this is why tonight didn't. This is why tonight I was just confused on on the when the report came out that they were going to introduce a new title. I was like then why did they introduce the World Heavyweight Championship a few weeks before? You were just going to give Roman a new title that represents the two titles, and if you still want to keep the lineage of the WWE title and there's no confusion, you could have just said he has the undisputed WWE Universal Championship, he has a new title, and now the WWE Championship is vacant and it's going back to Monday Night Raw. They could have just done that. That's a lot simpler than this whole convoluted BS that this whole thing has been. <laughs> I I would argue, I, I keyword there. I would argue that that World Heavyweight Championship has a soft spot for Triple H. He wants to put that in there, get rid of the Universal Title. But then the World Heavyweight Championship should have the old lineage of the former World Heavyweight Championship. So now we're going to have. Two titles by the same name with separate lineages. Oh, and also, by the way, they count the WCW World Heavyweight Championship, which was Big Gold version 1.0, as a separate lineage. So we have the same title three times. Makes no sense. It, it makes absolutely no sense. So well, to answer all of your questions, we don't know. We are just as confused as you are. <laughs> hey, when they showed the list of all the guys who have held the belts for so long, Mm-hmm. Was Jack Briscoe? Did I see his name there or no? Uh, I don't think they were counting uh, the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. They were only counting people that have held the world title in WWF, WWE, WWF. Well, I'm going to go back and look it up because they had a lot of names there. They had a bunch. Because they didn't Everybody have. Did anybody see Jack Briscoe? I'm talking to the audience now. I don't remember. I, I didn't see Jack Briscoe. I only saw people that have held the world title in WWE. All right. Okay. Got another super chat here from Starks 3000. Thank you so much. If you guys want to make sure your comment gets in tonight, send us a super chat. We greatly appreciate it. Smack that was great tonight. Nice to see LA Knight. Yeah. Get a big dub tonight. Uh, that was the match I was looking forward to the most. So let's talk about that because uh, Money in the Bank obviously is going to have some world title ramifications, possibly. Um, L- L.A. Knight has has climbed the mountain. Yeah, 
They started him out with maximum male models. I predicted dead on arrival, which it was. Then they brought him back and beat him and beat him and beat him and beat him. And then, hell, he's one of the most over guys they got there right now. So if they just do a good little serious little angle with him, he's there. He's there already. Because I think he, people want to like him, even as a heel. Yep. They want to like him. I think later on we'll see, see him be turning babyface at a good time, and he'll take off. Because uh, he has surprised me how over he is right now. Yeah, Roland Curtis uh, with the Super Chat saying they, they showed Terry Funk's NWA championship reign. Um, so something that he uh, noticed earlier today. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, look, man. People have been begging and clamoring for this long rumored L.A. night push. Uh, and you even heard Michael Cole kind of sell it on commentary tonight. The fact that he has missed all three of the last major pay-per-views and the last major pay-per-view he was on was the Mountain Dew pitch black match against Bray Wyatt in the Royal Rumble. And we all know what an unmitigated disaster that turned out to be because it got massively cut for time. And L.A. Knight got barely any offense in whatsoever. Yet. As you said, Dutch, this guy gets the biggest reactions. Much of this opening contest tonight against Montez Ford, who is an over babyface in his own right, by the way. There were L.A. night chants throughout it. There were times where uh, Montez Ford was getting booed a little bit. And uh, to his credit, he showed a bit of uh, a bit of frustration uh, by that reaction. And, you know, these two guys went all out to get into this match. We saw Knight bust out a moonsault. Uh, missed it. That led, to the, that led to the Attitude Era special by Tez. He did the crotch chop and then the rock bottom. Uh, got a, uh, a near fall on that. And then we get the controversial ending. Kind of looked like LA Knight's shoulders were down for three seconds. Ref stops the count, though. He rolls through. Still does the heel move by grabbing the rope. So it kind of protects Tez a little bit. Rolls up Tez, grabs the rope for leverage. He gets the three count. He gets the win. He goes on to money in the bank. Uh, so still acting heelish, but Dutch, to your point, and there was a, an article that or a report that came out today that right now Montez, or not Montez, LA Knight is one of the leading candidates to win the money in the bank briefcase on SmackDown. I mean, you got to flip him babyface if he's going to go up against Roman at some point or try to cash in on Roman Reigns down the line. If that's what you're going to do, you got to turn that switch sooner rather than later. Well, you don't have to switch him because he, he would already be a babyface going up against Roman immediately. I think the crowd would overwhelmingly go for L.A. night and just see what he can do. I don't think you have to physically turn him at this point. If he showed up against Roman Reigns, he'd automatically be a babyface. That takes care of the problem. He's already turned. Unless, of course, he goes after Seth Rollins' SP3, because I guess that still is an option. We we don't really know yet, but traditionally it has been, if you win the Money in the Bank briefcase, you can challenge any title. And as we heard Gunther allude to this, this past Monday, he wants Riddle to win money in the bank and try to cash in on him for the intercontinental championship. So I guess literally you can use it on anything now. I guess that's Canon after what we saw uh, with um, Austin theory last year. So there's a chance LA Knight can cash in on Austin theory. Oh, yes. that, would be, that would be fantastic guys. That would be great. Uh, that, but not that, that would be a waste. 
<laughs> L- LA Knight. LA Knight needs to be in this Money in the Bank match. He should be considered a favorite. And like Dutch said, you don't need to turn him babyface beforehand because him cashing in on Roman would be the babyface turn. So you can save it for right then and there and do it in that fashion as well. It's basically would be the reverse of CM Punk cashing in a Money in the Bank on Jeff Hardy in 2009, where that turned him heel. You can do the same thing with LA Knight. So I would say right now he is the favorite that is up until Cody Rhodes. If he joins in this money in the bank field, then everything is up in the air. But I'm liking the fact that it seems like they're putting more of like a, the under like mid card people because that's what the money in the bank used to be. It used to be a matchup that propelled mid carders and under carders into the main event scene or at least into the upper mid card. So you got LA Knight in there now. You got Shinsuke Nakamura. You got Ricochet in there. Next week, we got Butch versus Baron Corbin, hint, hint it's going to be Butch, and you got Mustafa Ali versus Santos Escobar, hint, hint, it's going to be Santos, so those are all the type of guys that you usually would have in a Money in the Bank ladder match, so I like it. Yeah, I'm I'm good with that. And uh, we did have a women's qualifier tonight as well. Uh, It was Lena Vega uh, defeating Lacey Evans in about three minutes. Uh, Lacey Evans with a uh, women's right to before the match even began. Uh, She dominated most of the match, but uh, Vega did uh, come back, hit code red. Uh, She qualified Uh, this all coming on the heels of Grayson Waller effect tonight, guys, where Oscar was the special guest. The segment kind of broke down a little bit when we started. At first, it looked like they were teasing Asuka's first challenger when EO Sky came out. And a lot of us hardcore wrestling nerds were like, yes, please give it to me now. EO Sky, Asuka, let's go. And then Bailey comes out. Shotzi comes out. Lacey comes out. Zelina comes out. Everything kind of breaks down there. Kind of a paint-by-number segment just to set up, hey, we're all going after money in the bank. We're all going to qualify for this thing, and we're going to cash it in, yada, shit, blah, blah, blah. But the first one to actually do it tonight is Zelina Vega. And, Dutch, I know you're actually pissed about that. Oh, I, I think she's she really deserves a chance. Because me and Sid were fans of hers for a long time ago, from way, way back, because they were just abusing the shit out of that girl. All the other girls were bigger than her. And I, I, you know, and that's what you feel for a baby face. They're smaller, but they're, they're fighting and she's lost. She loses and she loses and she loses. And then I think when she went to Puerto Rico and they saw that reaction from that Hispanic crowd, they said, wait a minute, we might be need to need to be using this young lady a little differently. And she went out there and, I kind of hate she beat Lacey because I'm a big Lacey fan too. That's what I was alluding to, but yeah. But but Zelina beat her, which was a it was a good win, and I agree with it. Uh, so we'll see where it leads to. I don't think she'll win Money in the Bank or anything like that. But I think uh, you know they they judge these these baby faces by the merchandise they sell. They get those figures back. Oh, here, here, let's push, push this one, this one. Oh, we've been pushing this one. Sales haven't really, eh, get them out of here. It's just, it's just they go with the best sellers. 
I've heard that the whole time I was in WWE. They they checked those concession sales, those gimmick sales. Like you check receipts at the supermarket at the end of the day and see what sold. But Zelina Vega, good win for her. And, of course, half the match was them taking the furniture out of the ring. <laughs> I said, but, what did that have to do with the match? And then all of a sudden, bang, it's over. She's gone. But you hit it right on the nose. This is why Selena's getting a push now is because of the merchandise sales. LWO oh. is, is killing it in the merchandise sales. That's why you were seeing them win a bit more. That's why I think Santos is going to win next week. And that's why we're going to see more backstage segments involving the LWO as well. They they know they have something that kind of has hit that's hot right now that's selling t-shirts. So that's the, the team that they're going with. So I thought it was a wise decision having Selena Vega win here. I don't know what they're doing with with Lacey Evans. Half the time, I half the time I don't know what character she's playing. This week she either. played she played female Sergeant Slaughter. Like she came out with the Sergeant Slaughter hat. She's she's doing the Cobra Clutch. It's like they went she's full been doing on Sergeant Clutch for a while, but no, but but they, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying everything coming together. She has been doing the. I never said she hasn't been doing the Cobra right. Clutch forever. I'm just saying with the hat. With the Cobra Clutch, she's the female Sergeant Slaughter. That's uh, they made it all come together, I guess, here. But I, I don't know if that's the route you want to go with her. I think she is talented and can be a good heel on this roster, but she has to find her own identity to do that. If you go back to what she was doing before Triple H came in charge, we, me and Dutch, were both into that, and we liked her playing this kind of un unself aware character that believed the fans should cheer her because of everything she's done in the past that was a good character that worked but they have not gone back to it since they've tried to tear her down and build her up again and i think that was the wrong route i was liking the segment um early on with uh grayson waller and oscar being interrupted by eo sky not because they were teasing eo sky going off to oscar because they mentioned money in the bank and then eo sky came out so i knew she was more saying she's gonna win money in the bank and go after oscar i like the fact that bailey came out after her and tried to explain what eo was saying <laughs> and kind of doing more teasing of this where i think that the woman's money in the bank story is going to be centered around Bailey and EO where EO's gonna gonna cost Bailey and win the money in the bank. I think EO Sky is, should be the favorite for the women's money in the bank ladder match. Yeah, I like how they they seem to be setting up the field, right? Cuz they got Zelina in there, but if everything goes the way we think it should from what we saw on Raw and what we saw on SmackDown, they're going to continue two storylines here. They're going to continue the split between EO and Bailey and they're going to use money in the bank with Becky and and Zoe over on Monday, they both have qualifiers there. So instead of getting Zoe and Becky one on one, they'll continue this storyline with Zoe, Becky, and Trish inside uh, Money in the Bank. And it's a Money in the Bank that's going to have Becky in it. So Trish is going to shove her off the ladder, and then whomever is going to actually win is going <laughs> it's going to win uh, the Money in the Bank in that situation. But I would uh, not fault anybody on this panel or in the chat right now if you are thoroughly confused by what the heck is going on with Lacey Evans right now. Because just send us $59. Say that. If you're thoroughly confused, send us $59. All right. All, all 92 people in the chat. Dutch wants $59 from all of you. Um, <laughs> just looking at some research here. Quick research. Quick Google search. This was Lacey's second 
televised singles match since the Royal Rumble. Yeah. They have not used her. She has not been on television. They have not used her in backstage segments. They have not used her uh, to cut a promo. Nothing. Like, even, even when she was first debuted on the main roster and she was just walking to the ring and back once a week, she was doing more than what she has been doing the last couple of days. And I agree with you guys. She, when you have an entire roster of women's wrestlers right now, albeit very talented, who are still new to the main roster and aren't getting big reactions, you need to utilize somebody who's who gets big reactions. Lacey Evans, even tonight, she shows up and the crowd boos the hell out of her because they don't like her. They love to hate this woman. You can <laughs> use that. There is money in heat. Heat helps your baby faces get Absolutely. over Sooner or later, they will stop booing and cheering against Lacey, and they will start cheering for the people she's fighting because there is a difference. I don't know why they don't utilize her. It doesn't make any sense. Dutch, There, I think there's so much more that they could be using with her, and I don't care how many people in the chat say she sucks, she's boring, I, I hate her. That's the freaking point. Use her. She's not boring. To me, she'd be easy to book because she's doing half the work before she gets there. Because when she goes out there and I thought she did the greatest thing when she told, I did all this for you people. <laughs> and then you come out here and you boo me. See, she's putting the heat on the people, not another, not, not another uh, opponent, not another wrestler. She's putting the heat on the people. And that's the easiest type of heat to get. And she did it well. But like I've said a thousand times, this is just a week of the year. They got 51 more weeks this year to do something with that girl. I I, I think I think they gotta strike while the iron is hot, though, Dutch, because I, I agree with what David's saying here in the chat. He says they're making Lacey a no-show like with Dana Brooke on Raw, like what Rick said. Dana Brooke used to get that type of reaction where the fans just hated her. And then they just stop using her for a few weeks, then a few more weeks. Then they put her in the 24-7 thing, and then the fans stop caring. Now when Danny Brooke comes out, it's absolute silence, and I think we are on that path with Lacey Evans. There's, there's so much time that you have before the fans stop caring, and I think they are, they are going down the path of making them not care at all about Lacey Evans. Well, only thing that will prove either one of us right is time. Yep. But I will agree with you. Those no-shows, people, they'll forget about you. Wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. All right. Like, we like when Rick left that time, you know, those several times he left us, people start yep. ca stopped caring about Rick. <laughs> And we was agreeing with them, Dutch, Rick. Dutch, Dutch. We stopped caring for you. Dutch, don't. And what don't, are your brother? Don't, don't blow smoke up. No one's ever cared about me on this show. Don't blow smoke up my we, ass. All right? We care we about you. We cared about you, Rick. <laughs> oh, we defended you more times on this show. That's true. You have. 100%. All right. We had two other uh, matches uh, on this show tonight, guys. A, uh, a fun trios match to open up. Austin Theory, uh, pretty deadly versus the Brawling Brutes. 
Uh, big pop for Sheamus in this opening uh, contest. They were cheering for him to get in, chanting for him to get in. Loved it when he got there. I loved the teamwork of the Brutes tonight. Not only did they hit a triple white noise, but they hit the the ten uh, the uh, the triple ten beats of the Baldrum tonight. Uh, and then pretty deadly pulls off a little, I guess, homage to Twin Magic here a little bit because uh, they look similar from the neck down. So dude, bro, hides his head. <laughs> Head under the ring apron uh he's not the legal competitor uh they end up uh hitting spilt milk on ridge holland and then they tag in austin theory to get the win uh this was a fun matchup guys i i just don't know how i like the pairing of theory with pretty deadly this seems like in oil and water type situation i just don't i don't know if they they mix well yet Anybody else kind of getting that vibe or how you guys feeling about theory and pretty deadly together? I didn't much like it, <clears throat> but they wanted a six man trio match as people call it now. Yep. And it, it, it fit in. What concerns me is you got Austin theory and then you got Grayson Waller. They're almost similar to each other. Same size kind of talk the same way. Then you throw pretty deadly in there. Not the same, but still they're, they're close to each other. It's almost, you got four guys with almost not identical gimmicks, but gimmicks that were, are close to each other. So I don't know. I don't much like that, but it's not up to me. It's up to them to figure it out. I'll, I'll leave that to their creative. I would just, I just think with Austin Theory, this is just a failed, a failed project for Triple H. I think Triple H was like very, he had good intentions with trying to kind of revive Theory, tearing him down to build him back up after, you know, Vince saw him as like a future star in the company. He got rid of the cell phone gimmick, uh, had the failed money in the bank cash in, then he, you know, becomes this more serious character than now Austin Theory. He wins the U.S. championship, and he's had the U.S. title since last November, but it just feels like it's just there. It's, it's just there. They, they did the scene... Yeah, they did the Cena feud. It's it's like it's it's a failed case of the title trying to make the guy instead of the guy making the title. And it's just very obvious week after week. And this just seems like another attempt to try to get some heat on him and giving him two heaters in Pretty Deadly. But they're just still trying to get themselves over. I don't think that's the right way to do this. Let them get over as the duo, as a tag team before you pair them up with austin theory and give theory this is a this is supposed to be a new fresh page for theory being on a new show but it just seems like the old theory that we got on monday night raw and then he's just here on smackdown doing the same thing he was doing before but hey i don't know if this this feud was even booked right because they rushed into the whole Sheamus title match last week. And then this week they seemed like they rushed into this six man tag when you could have gave us like Sheamus versus Kit Wilson, like spread it out a little bit, slow it down a little bit. You gave us the two matches that we would want from this program already in two weeks. So now I'm pretty much like, okay, you can move on. Everybody can move on now, but it should, you should get more out of this than what you have. 
I mean, unless you're going to do something like you're going to like, like you want Butch to challenge for the United States championship. If that's the if that's the end game, which I wouldn't be mad at that. But Me the guy either. who's most over in that group still is Sheamus at, at this yes. point. And he's as hot as he's ever been uh, as a baby face. The other match that we had, by the way, uh, real quick before I move on. SB three agree or no. It kind of feels like Cena's promo has come to fruition when it comes. to. Oh, yeah. That was a self-fulfilling prophecy by John Cena. And the fact that Cena has not, he doubled down on it in recent interviews saying that he told him that in person and then said it in front of the fan. You should have never said it in front of the fan. If I'm theory and you said that to me, John Cena, I would be like, okay, I'm going to take your <laughs> advice. But let's not say that in front of the fans, though, <laughs> because because I don't think I could recover from that. And... <laughs> As we so see, what, what did Cena say? He basically said that he doesn't believe him. He doesn't believe in him, that he just seems like a guy playing wrestler and trying to be the next John Cena or the next this person. And he said that you he was like, if you if you beat me, if if you lose at WrestleMania, you lose everything. But if you beat me at WrestleMania, you lose everything as well, because even if you beat me, you're going to have to prove yourself worthy of that the following night on on Raw and every week after that. And everybody's going to see that you're not worthy of even beating me. And we're here a month and a half after he beat Cena at WrestleMania. And it's just like, damn, you're lower than what you were before WrestleMania because of that <laughs> promo. And it didn't help. That the match did not match the build whatsoever. Uh, it was a weekend of great wrestling. It was one of the, it, I'm not saying it was a bad match. It was just a very basic match, not really WrestleMania caliber, and it didn't come close to the great matches that we saw uh, on that card. Uh, one last uh, match on the night. This was, this was just kind of there. It was fine. It was kind of a reintroduction of, of AJ Styles solidifying him on the, the SmackDown brand. Uh, we see him talking to the rest of the OC backstage, says he's going to eat that L uh, against uh, Rollins and just move on because that's what we do. What else can we do at this point? He references the diss track that Hit Row put out on social media earlier in the day. And uh, by the way, Mia Yim with a great clapback on social media, pulling out one of SP3's <laughs> SP3's lines and basically calling Hit Row uh, Destiny's Child without Beyonce. Uh, paraphrasing there, that's SP3's line. But she basically hit the same home saying, y'all ain't the same without Swerve. Um we end up with a match hit row versus gallows and Anderson gallows and Anderson make quick work of them. Top dollar uh, attacks after the match. He gets hit with a phenomenal forearm top dollar is just, and the rest of hit row are just kind of enhancement talent. Now at this point, this kind of sets up OC gets them on the right track again. This, this was just kind of fine tonight. Just kind of space filler. Yeah, there was no, there was no substance to that match. Nobody, when they went into the ring, I think people went up and went to the refrigerator or they went to get a cup of all that because there was, there was not even any feeling of intensity between these two groups at all. And nobody, everybody knew who was going to win the match before it even started. And then oh. at the end, AJ stands tall and they leave. So it was almost. If, if dollar. Hit I mean, that, that, that group there, I don't know what to do with them. If Hit Row 
wins a televised match against anybody at this point. I would consider that a bigger upset than Jade Cargill losing her first match. I would consider that a bigger upset than Asuka beating Bianca Belair's record-breaking run at Night of Champions. I would consider Hit Row beating Maximum Male Models at this point as a more bigger upset than either of those two matches at this point. They can't beat anybody. They're not being booked to beat anybody, and it, I, you, you almost got to feel for them a little bit. They've been beaten like a drum. They're 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 another one where they've been beaten so much that the fans are gonna stop caring eventually. It's just it just is what it is. And you said I'm this is stop caring. I think they've already stopped caring. Yeah. That's also true. Um you can hear, I, I, you can hear crickets out in that crowd when they went out there. AJ Styles needs a program. Just him hitting a phenomenal forearm on top dollar it did not put me in a better mind state of AJ Styles' future here on SmackDown. Uh, at this point, because Roman's going to be tied up with Usos for the foreseeable future, so I don't see a path for AJ to get to Roman, which is the money feud on SmackDown that I would want after Roman and the bloodline finish wherever they're going to go. Once they get to their destination, that's the one I'm looking at. Give me Roman. Give me AJ run that, run that back. That program is great. Um, in the meantime, Austin theory ain't doing shit, right? I mean, AJ, I was going to say, theory, yeah, that uh, give AJ another run with the United States title. Have him take it off. Take it off theory. That's where I would go with that. Before we get to Rampage, uh, we got Alex. You, let me ask a question. Yes, Do go ahead. Think, or has it already been done or talked about? Uh, Kirk Angle. Oh. Do you think he could add anything to theory? As like a manager? Yeah. And going. I don't think theory. I don't think theory needs a manager. I feel like theory. No, this is an advisor for a month, six weeks. I mean, off screen, yeah, he may he may need someone like like Kurt Angle or someone like a legend to help him out with having him find something, having him find a character that will connect with the fans because what he's doing right now, he's just kind of floating around in the wind where when he when he was paired up with Vince McMahon, I saw a lot of potential for him to be the next Randy Orton but they put him down a path of trying to make him the next John Cena and then had the current, the real John Cena rip him apart on the mic. So now that's done. It's over. It's time to move on and get him down a new path. And they still have not decided to do that yet. Well, I don't think it could hurt and it would get people's mind off that. What Cena said, or if they're even still thinking about that, I'm sure it's in the back of their heads. But I think him and Angle could have some great skits, some great backstage stuff, stuff in the ring. And it's it's got to be kind of not funny, but cute, smart ass. And Kurt was great at that stuff. So just an idea. I think it would, it would help theory a lot. I think Austin is a multifaceted Nobody performer. Nobody cares I what you – I'm sorry. <laughs> Believe me, I've heard that more than once today. Uh, but uh, I would, I think theory, I think showing some depth and showing a little bit more personality, even as 
a heel, I think would go, be something small that he could do to get him back on track a little bit. I think that would go a long way than just being the cocky asshole. I'm the greatest. I'm gonna. We're gonna be celebrating a thousand days as the United States champion. As uh, four thousand days as the United States champion. This reign's never gonna end. Yeah, because you don't defend the damn thing. Uh anyway. Before we get to rampage, we had another uh, super chat uh, from Alex. Thank you, Alex. So, 25 years ago was obviously the peak of pro wrestling. Where do you guys see pro wrestling being 25 years from now? Dead. Back in the Attitude Era. Same. Where do you guys? think things are going to go 25 years from now when dutch finally hits his 60s <laughs> oh it's hard to say where wrestling's going to be but you can't kill it because we have tried literally tried for 50 or 60 years to kill it and you cannot kill it i mean we, we've seen wcw and WWF battled it out and one of them was going to die and the rest of them was going to die. It's not going to die. You give the people entertainment that they enjoy, they'll come back. I mean, they're back now more than I've seen in the last, what, five years? They're nice. back now. WWE ticket sales are through the roof right now. They're Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't think that wrestling is like I I won't I wouldn't say it's as hot as it was like in pop culture as it was 25 years ago, but yeah. it's definitely it's definitely thriving right now. WWE ticket sales are through the roof. They're making more profit than they've ever made in company history, while AEW is is a kind of a suitable alternative to that where they're making big contract money with uh Warner Brothers Discovery. They just sold 65,000 tickets in the UK. They sold out Toronto for Forbidden Door. You got you got stuff going. You know, Japan is back with multiple promotions seceding, whether it's New Japan, Stardom, Mexico with CMLL and AAA. So wrestling all over the place is so much variety and so many options for professional wrestling that wasn't there for me when I was 25 years ago when I was just a kid. There was only so much wrestling that I could see and now I have a plethora of options so I think that it's different it's not as hot in pop culture but as far as like options in wrestling I think wrestling is a lot different than it was 25 years ago yeah other than saying that it's still going to exist and it's probably going to look a lot different I mean those are vague answers as hell but I think it's impossible to tell uh, and I also think it's impossible to tell from a viewership standpoint, just in the simple fact of we don't know what entertainment is going to look like 25 years from now. 25 years ago, streaming didn't exist. You had you had, you know, your five basic channels that the, the president would interrupt every time he needed to make an announcement. And then if you were lucky enough to have cable, you could watch professional wrestling. And if you didn't, guess what? You didn't. Um, now it's something completely different. And that's why the. That's why wrestling's as hot as it is, but the audiences are the, the ratings aren't theirs because you have so many more options, which is why I would say yes, wrestling is going to exist because it just seems like there's more and more content that needs to be filled, and wrestling is something that can obviously fill a lot of content. So 
Uh, who knows what things are going to look like 25 years from now. Uh, Roland Curtis, another super chat. Do you guys still think that Roman's absences are not hurting the product? Honestly, it's refreshing to see Roman on SmackDown two weeks in a row. And Roman's going to be around for the summer. Uh, WWE already announced uh, he's going to be at house shows. They're, they're plugging everything, every event that he's going to be at. It looks like he's going to be at most SmackDowns between now uh, and SummerSlam before he takes nights off. Look, I think... You know, Roman is a special attraction. I think the shows are obviously better when he is there. Um, there there's no there's no argument to be made about that. Um, but I will say if Roman is not there, let's just say Roman wasn't there tonight. There's probably 25 minutes on this show that you could have given to other talent to let them kind of showcase what they could do. So it does kind of create more opportunities in that sense. Um, if Ro, if you, if all you're going to do is have Roman stand there, do his entrance and take up 15 minutes, and not really do anything. No, I don't think it hurts the product, but obviously the shows are better when he's there. Thoughts guys. Absolutely. Cause they spent three and a half years on the guy and he plays his role well and he's over and he has an air of intrigue about him. He doesn't speak fast, loud, tries to be cute. And I think he's got a, people believe him. I mean, when you can listen to him, when like when he pushed one of the Usos, uh, Jimmy, I think, did he push him first on uh, Saudi Arabia show? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Pancaked him right in the, the face. The, everybody got up. People got up in, at in the States. They got up. Now what's happening? That's how much intrigue he has and anticipation. And now that they broke this seal, looks like it's falling apart. But is it falling apart? So that's what wrestling fans do. They think about it, think about it. Then it doesn't happen. And you said, damn, I didn't even see that coming. But that as long as it makes sense, you can get by with it. That is an interesting question. The end of the road, the end game for whatever this current storyline is between the Usos, Solo, and Roman. Do they all finish on the same page and the bloodline is still together? Or do you guys think this is a full collapse that we're witnessing? As of right now, what's your gut feeling on that? I think we're seeing a slow collapse. What do you th- what do you say, Sid? I think we're seeing a slow collapse where it's Jimmy, then it's Jay. And then, and then down the road, it's solo that that leaves Roman. I think that it's going to be more of a a slow collapse, if anything. It's basically going to be Cody Rhodes' kind of uh, words being a prophecy fulfilled, where he said that first it's going to be Jay, first then it's going to be Jimmy. He got the order wrong, but it <laughs> seems to be playing out the the way he said that each member of the bloodline is turning against Roman to the point that I probably will be Cody who takes the title off of him and Roman's going to have no backup this time for, for Cody to, to get screwed over. So I think then then he turns baby face. Somebody beats the living crap out of him to where see Roman has no friends and the only ones that come to help him are the Usos because as much as they hate him, he's still a relative still family. He's a he's I, just, 
And, I, and, and I've been saying it from the beginning. It. It's Solo. Solo's going to be the one who beats the crap out of Roman. Because Solo, Solo is growing into that monster heel that can be the one who beats the crap out of Roman. But I agree. It's, 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 it's basically very similar to what happened with the Elite. They broke up the whole Elite to put them back together because the fans were going to eat that up. And they've been eating it up since Hangman reunited with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. And I think it's the same thing with the Bloodline where you split him from the Usos to eventually it's the Usos that come to his rescue and got his side because he's their family. And you put them back together and you have a babyface run for the Bloodline potentially down the road. Um, See, Rick that's, Rick, that's how you book stuff. Said to talk about it, so learn something. Copy. All right, I said repeat it. I'll take notes. All right, uh, Benjamin, how do you guys build to Lashley versus Roman? Kind of forgot Lashley was on SmackDown because we haven't seen him for I'm a saying. hot minute, haven't we? At, at this point, at this point, he doesn't even fit in. He doesn't. He, he's so far removed from that that uh, bloodline story that he doesn't even enter into the picture. I don't yeah. think. I mean, it, I think it could be something as simple as, you know, if let's just say Lashley's going to be off TV for a while. I think it could be something as very simple, albeit paint by numbers. Roman wins at SummerSlam. You know, he end, he beats Jay, he beats Jimmy, whoever his opponents are. And he walks out on that Friday and says, you know, I'm there's nobody left. I've conquered them all. You hit Lashley's music. You have a stare down and, you know, you're off. Lashley returns and. He's coming after Roman in the championship. I think it could be something as simple as that. Uh, all right, guys, we do appreciate all the comments we're getting. And I thank you guys so much for those uh, and your questions. Uh, let, let's quickly recap what was a very, very fun uh, episode of Rampage tonight. Uh, opening up with one of these matches that you just watch the entire time with your jaw on the desk. Uh, Vikingo retains the AAA uh, Mega Championship over Drillistico and commander tonight the, uh, there were so many spots in this match i i couldn't keep notes like i couldn't take notes because i had a hard time keeping up with what was going on these guys were moving so fast uh i believe it was commander who just completely cat tight rope walked the top rope jumped and did a flip onto people uh vikingo off the middle rope what was how many spins was that it was some astronomical 30 6 30 uh, through a table just like my my god the things that vikingo can do sp3 defy physics i i've i've never seen somebody pull off that in a world where everybody is doing athletic maneuvers now he has found a way to take it to the next level yeah this is like a calling card. Putting Vikingo on your show for Tony Khan is a calling card for just fans in general who are going to say, wow, I didn't see that. You, that's that's the type of he's the type of wrestler that can attract those fans that don't regularly watch wrestling. But they be like, whoa, I've never seen anything like this before. I've watched wrestling, but I've never seen anyone do a springboard 630. I've never seen anyone do a Phoenix Splash from out. Outside the ring to inside yeah. the ring. I've never seen someone do used, an implosion do Hurricane Rada, a Hurricane Rada, except for Dutch Mantel. Yeah, uh, Dutch Mantel do can do a hell of an imploding uh, Hurricane I did it uh, one time Rada. in front of a crowd of like 75 people. I didn't care. I just, it just came over me to do it. 
Well, you hey, trained Mike Kingo, didn't you? You trained him, didn't you? I did train him. Did they say something that about one of those participants in that first match on Rampage being 45 years old? Did they say they said something about 45? I think no. they're talking about Vikingo being 25. Maybe I heard it that way. Yeah. Yeah. But even but, like like someone Dutch Mantel who's like uh, old school, you know, wrestling. I think you you even said it before we went live here. You enjoyed this matchup as well. Yeah, it was. It did a lot of good stuff. And it made sense. I think it might have made a little more if they just slowed it down just a touch. Because when they do those big high moves, then they get up and they're going again. I can see why they do that. That's what they put them out there for. But they really did some smooth, smooth stuff. And these guys didn't learn that at a month at a training school. They've done this for years and years and years, and it shows. Yeah. And uh, this match was eight minutes. Well, I think I mean, it was it was like twelve minutes, but like, they seconds. packed a lot into it. Yeah, yeah, it felt it felt like a, a blur, and just the pace <laughs> was ridiculous. It and was. and it's the fact that you know I've seen Vikingo in other places, like a GCW, even in like AAA, and same thing with Commander. I've seen both of those guys in Mexico. I've seen them on the independent scene here. A lot of the stuff they did in this matchup does not always look that smooth. It does not always go off pretty because they're trying some ridiculous things that just the physics of it doesn't make a lot of sense. And it's just outrageous to even try, but they pulled everything off in this matchup. And this what this what made it probably the best TV match of the week in a week of spectacular, amazing professional wrestling from what we saw last Saturday with night of champions, what we saw on Sunday with AEW double or nothing and NXT back battleground i think as far as tv matches from raw nxt aew dynamite uh roh tv impact wrestling and i watch it all this was my favorite tv match of the week because it was just flawless execution of some incredible professional wrestling tony hugged every one of them when they went backstage absolutely absolutely absolutely. thank you thank you thank you but what one million percent and they uh they set the tone for the night uh and Really made it hard to, to follow that act, but we had three more matches. Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, defeats Action Andretti. He retains the New Japan Pro Wrestling TV title uh, with a pretty gruesome-looking submission, kind of uh, Rings of Saturn-type uh, submission they had going on there. Willow Nightingale. <laughs> Probably the most vicious Rings of Saturn because uh, it's, he's basically just bending your arms back behind yeah. your back. And that, <laughs> that's, that was the per- – I think this was Tony Khan's booking in a nutshell. You get a smorgasbord of co- professional wrestling because that is completely different than what you saw in the first matchup with Zack Sabre Jr. tying a guy up. That's just he had, he had the guy shaking his own hand behind his back. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, he I, I can't went, tap out. I, went, I literally can't tap out. I'm looking at it. I said, damn it. That looks very painful. Even if you're trying to work with it. I would tell the guy, hey, brother, okay, I'll pay you the 20 bucks. Okay. <laughs> Don't say any more about it. You got it. Uh, and then we got something completely different and Willow Nightingale defeating Emery Saka, uh, excuse me, Emmy Sakura uh, to retain the New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling Strong Championship. 
uh, with a big sit-down powerbomb. They took the word strong literally on this one. These two girls just tried to beat the hell out of each other tonight. Willow Nightingale is very quickly becoming one of my favorite performers, period. End of story. Fantastic performer. Extremely likable. You just love her in the ring. The second her music hits and she's out there, the crowd's dancing, everybody's having a good time. And then she gets in the ring and she is Hulk smash. Like, let's effing go. And Emmy, let's go. Clothesline, shoulder tackle. They're sitting there fighting pound for pound, strength for strength. I thought this one was a ton of fun, too. Uh, it's a great match. And they worked really, really good together, too. Because Willa Nightingale, she made that girl. What's her name now? Emu. Emmy, Emmy. I think it's. I think it's more Emmy making Willow because Emmy had this type of matchup with Jamie Hader a couple of yeah. months back, where where Emmy just knows how to just hit very hard. She paces it very well. Like when you talk about, like Dush was saying with the first match, where you slow things down. Emmy does that so well, where she slows things down. I remember the chop sequence when they were trading chops, and Willow started doing the kobachi chops to her, and then all uh, just kind of wearing her down, and then Willow made her come back and i love the way willow did the bay with powerbomb where she hesitated like she did like a double pump and then pumped her up and then boom it just it was like oh god i would hate to take that <laughs> good finish yeah. yeah uh man it feels like just a couple that was almost a, like you said sid that was almost a pure wrestling show yeah they had no gimmicks no screws no anything else they just they had That's straight clean finishes and a good a, a good show and four championship matches from three different promotions which is unheard of almost these days <laughs> uh and the man but uh yeah uh it, one last note like it's amazing to see how quickly willow has been on the rise because it feels like just a few months ago she was still doing enhancement matches and now she's how long has she been working uh, that's a good question um I think she's 29, so I'd say at least a few years. Yeah, it had, had to be at least that. Uh, yeah, she's, she's 29, she's been wrestling since 2015, yep. so about eight years now. Okay, wow. Okay, when you said that, I was like, literally, when you said 2015, I was like, oh, so a couple of years, and then you said eight, and I'm like, fuck, it is 2023. Okay, uh, our <laughs> Our, our main event tonight, it was uh, Shibata defeating uh, Lee Moriarty uh, with the PK to retain the Ring of Honor Pure Championship. And then we get Daniel Garcia coming down to, for the uh, confrontation to close the show. I thought this was uh, a, another good one. I think this was uh, a great story. It Tonight, it kind of reminded me of like an NFL coach blowing through his timeouts because his team isn't on the same page. Yeah, Lee Moriarty here just like, damn it, rope break. Damn it, rope break. <laughs> Crap. The last one where she where he did it by accident. He basically did it by accident. I know. It's like the coach having to burn his third time out. Like, <laughs> no, it's like the equivalent of a coach calling a timeout for a play that you already called timeout for, and you. <laughs> He, he was he was Chris he was Chris Weber in the NCAA championship. That's basically what he was. <laughs> uh, ultimately, he ends up losing this match, but uh, and and not even by submission. He just got knocked. He got Chris Tucker. He got knocked the fuck out. He, he got choked out, and then he got kicked in the freaking chest. <laughs> this was just a fun show, capped off by a good main event. Dutch, what'd you think? You talking to me? 
Uh, I saw every match. I saw every match on Rampage, except the last one. Mm. Somehow, I always missed the last one because I gotta set this. I gotta figure. I gotta figure out my own configuration every time, (laughs) and it still doesn't work half the time. But, but the show I saw tonight on Rampage is probably. I'll, I'll agree with Sid. Probably one of the the best ramp rampages I've seen in since they started. And the final question, is Aubrey Edwards going to wrestle Karen Jarrett in a match? Is that, are we getting it, that? Is this, is this going seems down? It like we're, we're getting, we're getting Karen Jarrett and Jeff Jarrett versus Mark Briscoe and Aubrey Edwards. Aubrey Edwards. Well, I, I have, a, I, I kind of give Jeff this idea to begin with. I think they rushed it. I think they should have that Aubrey Edward just be heard a couple of weeks. Then go back into it. Keep playing that back, playing that back. But we'll we'll see. I Sometimes if it's early, it still works. Like I kind of forgot because you're not really supposed to pay attention so much to the referees themselves. So I kind of forgot that Aubrey really kind of has been like all up in that group's business for, oh, for yeah. weeks now. I, I realized that when she hit it, when uh, Karen hit her with the guitar, I was like, oh, okay, this would this would be strange. But then I thought about all those matches where where Jared would do the yes, I won, I won, <laughs> I won. And it was always Aubrey who reversed the decision or yeah. or didn't count the three for him because he was cheating. And I was like, oh, this makes sense with Karen hitting her with the guitar. But I didn't think it would lead to an actual match. But it seems like we're going to get one. Oh, yeah. If anybody can do this, Jeff can do it. Yeah. He'll get him in the room and you say, hey, and he will, you know, isolate everybody's weaknesses accent or positives but i think aubrey she's a look at her she looks like a heel and <laughs> acts like a heel and you want to go and slap her yourself sometimes she's a firecracker man she's a firecracker i love her i think she's great and she's an athlete too man i think she'd yeah. be fine i think she'd be good you could there, there's some things you could do there for sure there, a lot of smoke and mirrors but i think they could get the job done i think it'd be highly entertaining and i bet you aubrey gets the three count too if they actually had that we need training vignettes with her at the chicken farm with mark <laughs> oh that's what they need exactly because she's not supposed to be a wrestler yeah right and you know let the let the chicken farm training do it all there and she don't want to do it no you got to do it and and put a, picture, put a picture of of uh, Karen on the wall, and oh, I'd be good. Yes. yes. Yep. All right, SP3, what you got going on True Hill Heat this week? Uh, check out the True Hill Heat flagship podcast tomorrow, 11.05 a.m. Eastern time. It will be myself, the True Draw Josh, and special guest Mike from Indeed over on Fightful Overbooked. We'll be talking about this week in wrestling. Be asking the question, if the Bloodline storyline is back and better than ever, we're going to be talking about CM Punk returning for AEW Collision and wanting to go against the Bang Bang Gang. Uh, we'll see. We'll talk all about that True Hill Heat tomorrow, 11.05. 5 AMC Eastern Time. Dutch, what you got going on? I want to know how much money did we take in tonight? It was a record, wasn't it? Uh, it was a lot. We how got much? eight. We got eight super chats. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. 
Yeah. Thank you, folks. I'll take credit for that. But uh, if anybody wants to talk to me, Dirty Dutch Mantel with two L's at gmail.com and go to my website, dirtydutchmantel.com. There's a bunch of stories I put on there. You can do that. You can follow me on uh, Twitter, Dirty D Mantel. And you can follow me on uh, Instagram, uh, Dirty Dutch Mantel. No, hell, I don't know. <laughs> just look for look, just look, look for, for Dirty D. Just and, Google and just search Dirty D Mantel. A lot of ideas out there, and one I'm a pop up. Uh, guys, make sure to follow me on uh, on Twitter at Rick Uccino. That's where you're going to find all of my stuff, including a uh, new WWE interview. Uh, one of my first one on one in a while sit down that's uh, going to be coming out uh, either late next week or early the week after can't name names yet i don't like doing that until it's in the can but uh just follow me on twitter you'll get all the latest updates at rick uccino as you see it on the screen thank you guys so much enjoy the rest of your weekend and we will be back next friday night at 11:05. take care everybody <laughs>